Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, it's emergency podcast time. We have an upset in boxing. Anthony Joshua, for the second time in three years, is no longer the heavyweight champion Joshua losing a unanimous decision to Alexander Usyk Usyk just three fights into his heavyweight career is now the unified heavyweight champion to talk about that I bring in my friend Sergio Mora broadcast partner over at DAZN former junior middleweight champion Sergio we just watched this moments ago what's your reaction to Usyk beating Joshua well, listen, uh, when when you asked my prediction, I said it was going to be a, a fight that went the distance. It did go the distance. I told you that if this was uh, a pre-Andy Ruiz, Anthony Joshua, I would pick Usyk to win this fight. But you got to hand it to Usyk. He controlled the fight from beginning to end. I thought he won this fight convincingly. I mean, it was a close fight if you had the rounds up. And Joshua did have his moments. Uh, he was able to uh, find his way in there in the mid round, but Usyk hands down, you got to give it to him. The game plan was there, the pot shots. He had to face a little bit of adversity too with the body shots. Joshua found a home with a left hook to the body. Uh, all in all, I mean, for Usyk to go into opponent's hometown, not only, not only Joshua, he goes into other people's hometown and takes the championship away from the champion, shutting down the, the crowd, the, the going against the promoter, the judges. You got to applaud that, man. If you know how hard that is to do, just all around impressive, impressive performance. 
Yeah, you knew Usyk was going to be comfortable. He's been a road warrior for his entire career, whether it's going to Latvia to fight Breedis, going uh, to the UK to fight Bellew and then Chisora. Now in front of 65,000 pro-Joshua fans in Tottenham, he didn't look rattled at all. And I did pick Sergio Joshua to win by knockout, but one of the things I said this week was, Usyk's got to find a way to win those early rounds and make Joshua uncomfortable. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, he came out in those first three rounds. He was bouncing on his toes. He was moving around the ring. He was landing the cleaner shots. And what I saw from Joshua was a complete lack of adjustments. I mean, he just seemed content to sort of stand there in the middle of the ring and just sort of turn with Usyk. Like, he wasn't using his size advantage to pressure Usyk. He wasn't using his longer jab to, or his long jab, I should say, to uh, to land, you know, kind of set up shots. He was just kind of standing there in the middle of the ring and throwing kind of a pawing jab out there at times. I was, you know, we get three rounds in, Sergio, and I'm thinking to myself, like, Joshua's going to have to win by knockout. There's no way he's winning this fight by decision. Yeah, and I, I kind of saw that myself. Uh, the, but the thing about footwork is that whenever you have brilliant footwork, I mean, Usyk looked like a ballerina, like a like a Ukrainian ballerina in there throwing punches. He wasn't allowing the bigger man to set his feet. I know you hear that often, but to do it for 36 minutes and doing it laterally, going to the left and to the right, and doing it from the southpaw stance, which naturally has that advantage, and Joshua hasn't faced many southpaws as a professional, he was able to, to, to capitalize on, on, on his advantage the entire fight with focus. That's the thing these Ukrainian fighters and these Eastern European fighters have, not only the Olympic background, but the focus, the focus to do it the entire fight. You could be winning eight rounds and get knocked out by a big puncher like that. The fighters like Lomachenko, they come from that school, and, and it's just impressive, man. This is a mental, mental warfare as much as it was somewhat physical but he took the physical away from this fight. He took the, the heavyweight away from this championship fight. Focus on Joshua for a second. What disappointed you the most about the way he fought? You know, there was a little doubt in Joshua's eyes in uh, midway through that fight, realizing that, you know what, I can't touch this guy because he didn't utilize the jab. The only way Joshua was going to win, and look, we only we only picked Joshua to win by knockout, but there was, there was times where Usyk could have knocked knocked him out it looked like and hurt him because there was that Andy Ruiz going to his head again you've seen it pop up a little bit in, in, in Joshua's eyes but I would like to have seen him uh go to the body earlier he did it midway but it wasn't enough so body earlier not focus on the head of Usyk just focus on touching him to the chest hitting him in the shoulders and banging him away at the body he was able to do that Usyk Caught his second win, but before he caught it, I think Usyk could have actually done some, uh, uh, built some more rounds and more momentum, because Usyk was was a little winded going into the eighth, ninth, going to the championship rounds, but he did it. You know, one of the things I said at, at the top was, of course, this is not the first time Joshua has lost, not the first time he has dropped his titles. The first time happened against Ruiz in 2019. That loss, Sergio, was shocking. But I think this loss was a lot worse. Like, you can look at the Ruiz loss, even in the aftermath, and say, all right, he got caught by an equilibrium-changing punch to the temple that screwed him up for the rest of the fight. There was no equilibrium-changing punch from Usyk. This was just a beating from a guy who is an accomplished boxer. I mean, this, it was an upset, 
but probably shouldn't be considered that big of an upset because Usyk is, like Joshua, an Olympic gold medalist. At cruiserweight, he fought everybody. He went through the best of the best in the World Boxing Super Series. He took on Tony Bellew. This guy's the real deal. And while he didn't land that highlight reel shot against Joshua, he beat him up. And I would say, say, and you're the fighter, you can tell me if you agree, but I think a loss like this is harder for Joshua to bounce back from because he wasn't just hit with one shot that changed the course of the fight. He was hit with a lot of shots that completely changed the fight. And there's really, I mean, there's no reason to believe in my mind that things will be a lot different in the rematch. No, no, I, I gotta say, I disagree. The, the, the first loss is always the hardest and it's always the hardest because it came by knockout. If he would have lost to Andy Ruiz by decision and uh, he could have regrouped fine, but he got embarrassed on the biggest stage at MSG on a fight that he was supposed to win and he was a 12 to one favorite or whatever, whatever it was. But that was a harder loss. This one is going to be mentally harder to come back from. The first one was physical. This one's going to be mental. And the older you get, as a fighter, you start to, you know, obviously your body, body starts breaking down. But mentally, if, if, if the hunger is not there to, to regroup and focus on what went wrong, especially when you got pretty much routed, you got, you got outboxed and beaten up for 12 rounds. It wasn't a physical beatdown. It was mental warfare at its absolute best. He, Usyk just never let the heavyweight champ fight like a heavyweight champ. And that's, think about what that does to the mentality of the heavyweight champion of the world, man. And this is the exact same thing that we saw with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. I mean, these are mental things that Wilder and Joshua are going to have to come back to the table and say, man, do I really want this? But it's all mental. And it's all heart. Hey, look, Usyk is the older fighter. He's 34 years old. But as he said afterwards, you have not seen the best of Alexander Usyk at heavyweight. I mean, you give him another training camp and you give him the benefit of getting 12 rounds in with Joshua, tasting the power, tasting the speed, Usyk's going to be better. I mean, I, we're not going to get a situation like we had in Saudi Arabia, Sergio, where Andy Ruiz, you know, ate his way up to 283 pounds and wasn't in any kind of shape uh, to fight Joshua in the rematch. Usyk is going to come in a better version of himself in this next fight, and that's what makes me more leery to think uh, that Joshua can find a way to avenge this loss. Uh, you know, it was going to be a close fight for Andy Ruiz and Joshua. I, I thought Joshua was going to come back and do well, but I didn't think he was, was going to box for 12 rounds the way he did, so he impressed me. So I don't put nothing past Joshua, but you're right. I don't see him out boxing Usyk. The only way he beats Usyk is by knockout. And I, we didn't we didn't get a taste of that. We didn't get a taste of a knockdown or Usyk being badly hurt or getting winded and not having that other gear. He passed every test Usyk did. Even when he felt like he was getting a little bit fatigued physically, he found another gear. He was able to not get hit by the big shots, not let the momentum shift. Usyk dominated. I just don't see Joshua coming back in and regaining the championship. Not only is it one of the hardest things to do in boxing, that's why two-time and three-time division champions are rare, but when it does happen, it's historic and it's very special, and, and we realize why. I don't think Joshua was able to do it, not against Usyk. Well, which brings us to a topic you and I often disagree on. After the loss to Andy Ruiz, a lot of people were calling for Rob McCracken's head after that fight, saying Joshua needs to shake up his team. You are, to your credit, you know, consistently have said that you don't make change your team. Stick with the guy. You know, if you, if you got a good guy, stick with him. Do you still feel that way 
about Rob McCracken and Anthony Joshua? You know, uh, I was listening to Robert McCracken's uh, instructions in the corner, and he was giving them the right instructions. I just think mentally uh, Joshua was kind of going in and out. And we've seen that before. He kind of gets lost in the corner, and he, I don't really think he, he, he absorbs what he should be absorbing. But if it's going to help him mentally, yes, bring someone else in. Yes, I'm, I'm going to go out and say this because, like you said, Joshua's already in his 30s. This is the second time he loses badly on the big stage. Maybe it's time to bring in someone else, just like Wilder Wilder did. But you know, you you can go about it a different way. Bring in someone finely tuned that could fight, show you how to fight behind the jab, fight taller, go to the body, bring in a a, a, a strategy, not just follow around a, a, a fighter like Usyk. So yeah, this time around, I say bring in someone. Yeah, I just didn't like the strategy at all. I mean, one of the things I saw with Derek Chisora against Usyk was that in the first few rounds, the pressure of Chisora got to Usyk. Chisora just couldn't maintain that pressure because he's in his late 30s and doesn't have the conditioning for that. I never, outside of like some spurts in like the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds, I didn't see Joshua applying pressure. I didn't see him trying to marshal those physical tools uh, in the ring. So I think you got to go in a different direction. I mean, Vladimir Klitschko and Lennox Lewis could be horribly boring, but they were enormously successful because they were trained by Emmanuel Stewart, who groomed them to use those physical gifts. Joshua is six foot six. He should be using his physical tools as a weapon against smaller fighters. So if if we're at this point of the the the, the careers of Rob McCracken and Anthony Joshua, and they're not doing that, I think it's time now. Emmanuel Stewart is no longer with us, but. You know, maybe it's somebody else. I mean, you mentioned trainer changes. You know, Ben Davison is a great trainer, but you can't argue the success that Sugar Hill has had with Tyson Fury. Sugar Hill brought more of an offensive-oriented approach to Tyson Fury, and that helped Fury pick up the knockout against Deontay Wilder. I'm not saying make a change for the sake of making a change, but if you identify somebody out there that can bring something else out of you that hasn't been there yet, I think you got to do it. I, I think we're at that point, Sergio, where it's... We're just going back to Rob and going back to the... I'm not even just talking about the trainer. Like, you got to change everything, man. Like, you got to get out of the UK for your training camp. You got to make yourself a little bit more uncomfortable. Go to the US, go to Big Bear, go to Colorado Springs. Just do something uh, a little bit different to try to get some of that fire back that you had early in your career. Yeah, kind of like Rocky going to Russia, right? You know, I mean, I basically, but you've seen that though too. Like guys, I mean, I don't know if you ch- change your training camp location, but I see it all the time in boxing where guys, you know, bounce around to different places and, uh, you know, have success because of it. Whatever, whatever works, man. Whatever works for the fighter. Anthony Joshua doesn't seem like the mentally, the mentally uh, unfit guy that, that, that starts blaming everybody. So you got to like the, the fortitude he has there. So I think he'll just want to regroup with the exact same people. Maybe get out of the UK, but I, you know, it was a game plan and a, a strategy that went wrong with him. And here's the thing about Chisora. You brought up Chisora. You know what Chisora did that he had success that Joshua did not do? He used his physical tools. He got he got in the inside, made it rough, and started using his body on Usyk a little bit. Joshua didn't do that. Whenever you're the bigger man and you're somewhat in a clinch, 
you got to get the men and you got to manhandle them. You got to put your weight on them. You got to make mm-hmm. them feel your, your, your strength, your size. Let the referee, you know, warn you about that. Not to wrestle, not to lean over, not to bend, but too late. The legs already absorbed that. So that's one thing Joshua didn't do that Chisora had success doing. If he looks back, he can look at the jab, more jabs, more body shot, more wrestling, more clinching, more getting them against the ropes, making it a dirty fight. So mm-hmm. these are all things that but he can go back to the drawing board and look once he looks at this fight. And it's not even it's not even dirty to lean on a guy. It's just kind of using a tactic. Tyson Fury does that all the time. I, I right. remember when he did that to Steve Cunningham. He did it to Deontay Wilder even. Like leaned on him and sapped the strength of Wilder's legs, forcing him to hold up that, you know, 300-pound frame, whatever he is. Um, that's a tactic. You're right. Anthony Joshua needs to utilize. By the way, speaking of Fury, what do you think Tyson Fury was thinking as he watched Alexander Usyk uh, dismantle Anthony Joshua? I think he was thinking, imagine what I would do. Imagine what I'm, I would I'm thinking, do. I think he's probably counting money, though. Like, oh, there goes $10 million, $20 million, $30 well, million, yeah, $40 million. But you know what? You know what? Fury doesn't fight for money. He's the, he's the type of guy. Everybody fights for money. Everybody fights for money. I get it, but when it comes to the Gypsy King, you know damn well that he, he fights for pride. He fights for that. He, I mean, he comes from that from that background. So he knows that it's about ego and pride and, and proving that he's the best and he's done that. But I think more it's about what, what can Fury do? I mean, Fury has some excellent boxing skills too, and he's way bigger and longer and stronger than Usyk. So that's what I think he was thinking. If Usyk, a smaller version of me can do this, imagine what I would do. Oh, I mean, Fury with his boxing skills, uh, you'd make him a huge favorite against Joshua based on, on what, uh, what we saw there, but man, he's got to be, you know, not now Fury, if he beats Deontay Wilder, which is a tough fight, we shouldn't discount Deontay Wilder's chances. Now he's maybe looking at a Dillian White fight and kind of crossing his fingers in hopes that Joshua wins a rematch. I don't know, man. That's, that, that fight could be another one that winds up in the wastebasket of boxing fights that never actually happen. Which would your, be- favorite, your favorite wastebasket, by the way. I, I hate everything about that. Um, last thought on Joshua, like... Yeah. You know, Eddie Hearn said afterwards they're going to go into an immediate rematch. They're going to check on the eye of Joshua. Hearn had some concerns about maybe an eye socket uh, potentially being broken. Do you see him recovering from this fight? Physically, yeah, absolutely. I think physically the the, the warrior in him is going to want to come, you know, back to the ring as fast as possible. You know, I like to say the bigger the ego, the bigger the fighter, the bigger chip on the shoulder they're going to have. So, you know, Joshua's going to want to come back ASAP. And if he's cleared, I think the more time that passes, the worse it's going to be for him, not only, you know, yeah. uh, because of his age, but because of the criticism and, and everything else that's going to get into his head. So I think the best way to go here is to get back in there and get this immediate rematch ASAP. Yeah. I mean, six months, eight months, whatever it is, get back out there. I'd also advise to, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about. It, it's one thing to, it's great to have a crowd behind you, but I do think Joshua needs to do something different. I mean, he had such success against Ruiz in Saudi Arabia, you know, a completely far-flung location for him. Maybe he's got to go back to, to New York City or go to Los Angeles, Las Vegas, somewhere, and and do something a little bit I'm, different. I'm He'll glad, have the, go ahead. I'm glad you touched on this. I mean, look, looking back, we, we all were at 2020 vision, but Joshua came out really relaxed, more relaxed than, than yeah. he normally does. He's slowing down. He was really playing to the crowd. He was, he was stopping and giving high fives to people and smiling. It looked like he was stopping for pictures. 
this is really, really comfortable, Anthony Joshua. And I'm used to the smiling, you know, charismatic guy, but this was a little bit too confident, overconfident, I, I think. Uh, I think give him another chance. And, and out of that atmosphere, like you said, instead of 70,000, do a 17,000 and, and let him take care of business. But I think he was, uh, he played the showman a little bit too much coming out into that arena. By the way, where where do you now put Usyk on your pound for pound list? I mean, he's got to be top three after this win, being undisputed cruiserweight champion, beating Tony Bellew. Canelo, I think, is the class of it. But when you look, and you and I think the same way on this, the strength of the resume, outside of Canelo, not too many guys have, in fact, I would argue maybe Spence has it. um, But, I mean, he's got a great resume. So I think you've got to put him in the top three. You have to put him top three. Top five, I was going to say four, because, you know, I mean, what? You got Canelo, Crawford, Spence, and you have to look at Usyk. But Usyk and Spence are there, man. I mean, this was a, a, a career-changing pound-for-pound performance by, by Usyk, and I think everyone, hands down, has to agree with that. No question. Sergio, good stuff, man. We will talk on DAZN this week. Check out our show, Jabs. You can see that twice a week over on DAZN. Thanks for doing this, bud. You got it, man. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.